Hi, Dr. Mike Carberry here. I want to try to talk a little bit about regenerative medicine. Um, so I'm going to, you know, I'm not an expert. Um, I guess I would, could be considered an expert, but, you know, eventually you learn more and more about something. The last person that knows they're an expert is the expert. So I'm not the smartest guy in the world when it comes to this, but I did get exposed to an awful lot of information about regenerative medicine. So I want to share some of what I've learned with you. So there's different forms of regenerative medicine, and we call it regenerative medicine because it encompasses all these different forms of treatment. And there's a lot of Wild West accusations out there and information. So I'm going to try to just cut through some of the hype um, by actually sharing with you a little bit of what, about what I know. So um, there's uh, different types of regenerative medicine, and the idea with regenerative medicine is that we're providing um, tissue that contains stem cells or attracts stem cells um, to help heal your body. And the purpose is to heal your body. The way the body normally functions is you have stem cells in your body when you're born. <clears throat> you have more when you're born than you do later in life. So as you get older, they decline. They um, can make more. So they can uh, reproduce as another stem cell. So they have a um, propitiate or a prolific ability to make more stem cells or a uh, differentiative ability to be able to change into other tissues. So what happens is you have stem cells in your body, you damage part of your body, those stem cells are attracted to those tissues by the release of certain markers and enzymes of uh, inside the cell that's damaged and that's what the stem cells zero in on. They go to that area and they start to repair the damaged tissue, what they detect is necessary. At the same time, they're repairing and replacing more stem cells, so you have plenty there to do the job. Um, and this is the natural healing cycle. So in regenerative medicine, what we're trying to do is tap into the properties of that healing cycle. Um, so there's different ways you can do this. You can do something like, uh, let's say, PRP. So PRP is platelet-rich plasma. And PRP is designed to um, take your own blood, so it's an, uh, an um, autologous treatment. Autologous meaning it's from your body. So you're taking blood from your body, you're spinning it down in a centrifuge at a certain frequency uh, or, or, or revolution rate, and you're separating the platelet and the growth hormones and all the different enzymes in your bloodstream from the red blood cells. And then what you're doing is you're siphoning off that platelet-rich plasma and injecting it into the area that is damaged that needs help. And what that should do, the hormones, the growth hormones, help stimulate the healing cycle. And the idea is that platelet-rich plasma will help call your stem cells from your body to the area. And it's relatively inexpensive. There's a lot of companies that sell kits that make it more expensive. But um, when you look into it, being able to get the centrifuge and being able to get the right tubes is basically all that's needed. And I'm not going to teach technique here, but the idea of platelet-rich plasma is autologous. So I'll put auto here. And it's using your stem cells. So that means it's relevant to your age, or we'll put age relevant. Meaning the older you are, the less likely it's going to have the effect, or it's not going to have as much of an effect the older the patient is. Um, the younger you are, the better it would work. So uh, a baseball player who was 19 years old, who was in great shape, if he had an injury, 
This would be a great choice for that person because it's relatively inexpensive and it can help heal up the tissue depending upon how serious the, the tissue damage is. So that's one, that's PRP. Another one would be, um, let's say, um, edit. Another one would be adipose tissue, adipose starting to lose my ink here. Adipose tissue is basically, it's an autologous tissue, so we'll put a check there. It's age-relevant, and it comes from fat. So adipose tissue is fat. Oh, probably can't see that, but it's from fat. It's uh, got mesenchymal stem cells in there, or mesenchymal, depending on what part of the country you're from. So we'll abbreviate that as MSCs. It's a good source of mesenchymal stem cells, which is the stem cells that are um, considered relevant for, you know, um, connective tissue, supportive tissue. Uh, it, it meets the criteria of a homologous use for structural damage um, from the FDA, and that's part of their ruling that they, they that to determine if you're a 351 or a 361 level uh, tissue would be, it's like determining are you a drug or are you actually a tissue transplant? And if you're a drug, you have to meet the criteria for that. Um, so adipose tissue was ruled more recently to be more of a drug um, because you have to over manipulate it to separate the fat cells from the, the MSCs. So um, there's question whether that can, uh, can be done or not. I don't know if that's being enforced yet, but I do know that the FDA has released papers that say over manipulation of adipose tissue makes it into a drug and therefore you should have a drug manufacturer's license. So therefore if you don't, you can't call it a tissue transplant. So this one is questionable right now whether you can do it. Um, I'm gonna switch colors because my pen ran out. So the next one we're gonna look at is bone marrow aspirate. So bone marrow aspirate. So bone marrow aspirate is a good choice because it's autologous. It comes from your body. Um, there's no danger of, you know, like getting it from another person and having a reaction. Um, so if you get it from bone marrow, you can get cells from that. And they, they have mesenchymal stem cells or MSCs. The difficulty here is it's also age relevant, meaning that, you know, if, if uh, the patient, when I say this, if the patient is older, then the stem cells aren't gonna work as well, um, or the, the transfer is not gonna work as well, theoretically. Now, if you get a really healthy person, it might work well, but you have a better chance of having this work if you're younger. So what a lot of clinics have done, we haven't done this, but a lot of clinics that do bone marrow aspirate have done, is for older patients, they say, we need to actually cultivate your cells, um, meaning grow them in an incubator, and then inject them back in in 12 weeks. Well, the FDA said that is illegal in the United States. In fact, some doctors out there who are marketing like crazy have done this and been found guilty of this. Um, so what they've done is they've set up clinics in other countries where you can cultivate your cells and grow them and then come back in 12 weeks and have them injected back in. That would have a higher concentration of the stem cells and it would work better that way. I'm not making a judgment whether the FDA is right or wrong by saying that you should cultivate or not cultivate. All I'm saying is they made it very clear you cannot cultivate those cells in the United States. What comes out of the body has to go back in the body on the same visit. So 
the problem with this is it becomes very expensive. The companies that are doing things like that sometimes are charging in excess of $30,000. It makes it a very, very um, expensive procedure. And what happens is uh, you're limiting to a certain population who can afford to do stuff like that. So it's a good treatment if you're especially a young person. You know, uh, one of my uh, colleagues is a anesthesiologist and a surgeon, and he is also a SWAT doctor, which means he works with a SWAT team, the Phoenix SWAT team. And he told me that when he was using bone marrow aspirate on younger police officers, it worked better. But when he started getting older guys, meaning like 40s and 50s and 60s, it didn't work as well. So he started reaching for another source. And I'll tell you what that source is in a minute. So now we've looked at bone marrow aspirate. These are all the autologous uses. Then there's allogenic. Allogenic means from another source or an outside source. So we have um, amniotic. So amniotic tissue, the amniotic membrane and the fluid um, can be processed. This is an outside source. So when you get outside sources, if you got something like um, stem cells from another person, that you could have a reaction to that. But when you're talking about a baby that hasn't been born yet and is still protected inside the amniotic membrane, all that tissue inside the amniotic membrane is immune privileged, meaning it hasn't been coded to anybody's immune system yet or DNA. So therefore, it was discovered many, many years ago, decades ago, that that tissue could be transferred to somebody else without consequence. So the chance of a side effect from that, from having an immune reaction, is virtually not there. Um, as a matter of fact, I've never heard of a case of it. And we've, we've been working with clinics all over the country in 45 states. Um, so it's a very, very safe procedure. Um, but what you're getting is you're getting young stem cells because amniotic is, you know, nine-month-old stem cells. The problem is it's hard to separate the cells out of the amniotic tissue, which means you're getting other tissue involved in there. Um, and the, um, the FDA says you have to call that an allograft, um, meaning tissue from another person. You cannot call it stem cells. Um, you have to call it an amniotic allograft, and that means you're bringing tissue from somebody's amniotic tissue and you're injecting it into an area. Um, does work. It's got in it a lot of the cytokines and the growth factors and the uh, um, different things that we talked about that were in some of these other things, like the PRP, but it's also hopefully got viable stem cells. The problem there is the companies that, that we've asked companies that we worked with that use this to provide white paper saying, does this actually have mesenchymal stem cells in it or mesenchymal stromal cells, depending on how you, whoever you talk to. Does it have those in it? And can you prove it's in it? Because the FDA says, if you claim you have stem cells in your product, you better be able to prove that you have those stem cells in your product or you're doing deceptive advertising. Um, so we haven't been able to get those papers from those companies. In fact, the company we work with now um, says they don't really have significant values in it. So they're not claiming that. They're selling their amniotic pro uh, product for the other factors, the growth factors and the cytokines and the different things that assist in healing, but not for the, the MSCs. Um, they have other products for that. The products they have from there come from Wharton's Jelly. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So I'm moving down the line here. We have now, uh, aside from amniotic, we have, I'm going to change colors just to keep this interesting. We have cord blood. So we have cord blood. And um, basically, cord blood is from the baby. It comes from the cord. It's um, 
Also immune privileged tissue, so it's safe to use. It's nine months old, so it's not age relevant. I mean, it's young stem cells. It's, um, the problem there is we've worked with companies using this. They, they do have a positive effect on the patient. They have a lot of good things in them, but we've been not happy with the evidence proven to us that there's actually MSCs in there. In fact, the most recent uh, FDA paper I saw was to a company that just got cited, um, a lab that got cited and their sales distribution arm got cited for claiming that the cord blood had, um, basically the FDA says they don't have viable MSCs in them. They do not. They have hematopoietic stem cells, which the, the FDA says those stem cells are designed to treat uh, hematolymphatic conditions like because they make blood cells. That's what they do. Um, and they said in their paper to, about this company, they said, um, the warning says, you're claiming that you can do structural support and it does not meet the homologous rule, meaning it, we do not see that cord blood actually can be considered homologous with structural tissue. It's for more blood-borne diseases. And since you're treating a disease with it, that makes it into a drug. And that's what the paper that I just recently saw uh, from the FDA saying, they're feeling that it's more of a drug. You have to have a drug manufacturer's license. They even cite the company saying you don't have that license, that level. We're talking again about the 351 versus the 361 rule. So they're saying you, you have to cease and desist because you're treating a drug or you're treating a condition and you're making claims about it and you don't have a drug manufacturer's license. So cord blood is very much up in the air right now. And, um, you know, you can get positive results with it, but as far as long-term results, what we find is the tissues that are more relevant in the um, growth factors and the cytokines give immediate relief, but not long-term benefit, as much long-term benefit. They can pull your own stem cells, but that could turn it into just very effective, very expensive PRP. Um, so, but we've had people get good results with it. But what we use is we use a company that produces um, cord tissue, specifically Wharton's Jelly. So I'll write Wharton's Jelly. Now Wharton's Jelly is in the cord. So if you look at a, 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 or a um, cord, uh, umbilical cord, it's got arteries in it and it's got veins in it. And then packed all around there is the Wharton's Jelly. And the Wharton's Jelly is a very, very rich source of MSCs. And the reason I believe that's there is so it can actually get in there to help grow the tissue in the baby um, as the baby needs it, as the baby calls on it. The baby's doing a tremendous amount of growth, more growth than it's ever going to do for the rest of its life. So it's got to have a lot of MSCs there to do that, which so that's what makes it a very rich source. I've also heard that Wharton's jelly can be found in the eyeball, which just so happens to be the fastest healing tissue in the body. So it gives you an idea of how effective this is. And... The FDA says, well, there are MSCs in there, and they, they, we have a company we work with, Predictive Biotech, um, and they basically can provide the white paper um, to prove that they have what you know, is viable MSCs in their product. So we're still not trying to advertise it as stem cells, but you can promote the idea of how stem cells work and regenerative medicine's relationship to stem cells, and that's the goal of getting any of these types of tissue. And so the Wharton's Jelly is the one that we like to work with personally because we found that our patients get the best result. Now we also add in it 
A lot of times we add in the amniotic because what we found, we don't add it in, we do it, the injection separately, but we do it um, congruently so that the two things can work together. You get an immediate relief of symptoms, but you don't get that patient coming back in six months saying it wore off. Um, what we hear, see is they're still saying, hey, I feel better. My wife is one of those people. I feel better, it works extremely well, and my knees can do things that they couldn't do before, or my hip can do things, uh, or wherever you're injecting it, the shoulder or whatever joint you're working on. Um, I've had it done into my fingers and my hands from being a chiropractor doing high volume adjustments. You know, it, it's taken its toll. Um, I've had two shoulder surgeries and um, I've had it injected in my shoulder. And I, when I did, I started to get the ability of fly fishing back. Now I did have it injected with um, cord blood as well. And I got a result that wore off. So when I went back and injected with the stem cells uh, with the Wharton's jelly, interestingly enough, the, I didn't get the immediate bang for my result. And it was about two months later that I started noticing, hey, I can do things that I haven't been able to do with my shoulder for the last two decades. So, um, you know, I'm very happy with the results of this product personally in me and in my wife. So we do that with our patients as well. Um, the company we work with is a very, very compliant company. They, um, they will, cannot tell you the protocols because they're not in the business of curing disease. They're in the business of providing this tissue so that clinicians can use it the way they see fit. So my nurse practitioner, my medical doctor work with me, they look at it and they say, well, this can help a whole lot of things. Um, and she's been doing, you know, the nurse practitioner's been doing lots and lots of injections, probably over a thousand injections um, with a very, very, very high success rate, probably in excess of 90%, maybe even in excess of 95%. So. It's just an amazing, amazing um, protocol, and it's an amazing thing that we've been doing to help patients. It meets the three rules that AMI follows, and those three rules are everything we do has to improve the outcome of the patient, it has to be compliant, and it has to be profitable, and it's got to be in that order. And using this product meets that for us because it is compliant, but most importantly, you get the outcome to the patient, which is what we're all in this business for. So I just wanted to share with you some of these ideas on on how we do this, and um, you know, hopefully it's been helped to clear this up. You know, sometimes we'll do PRP with the Wharton's jelly. This is usually not a one and done thing. This is usually several injections. So we do PRP sometimes by itself with patients, but sometimes we do it. We'll do a an injection of this, and then a couple of injections of this, and we find that that combination works very, very good. So hopefully um, this has helped you with some of the information on this. Glad to share it. I'm Mike Carberry, Dr. Mike Carberry, and uh, AMI is really glad that you're working with us. And if you're not working with us, we'd love to talk to you about it because this is changing healthcare. This is the future of healthcare, in my opinion. I think there's too many medical doctors that have seen the results of what these, these injections can do, and you know, it's hard for them to turn back after that. So thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you soon.